Welcome to Podcast at Boatwright. I am Lucretia McCulley, Head of Scholarly Communications at Boatwright Library. Our faculty interview is with Dr. Mariela Mendez, Associate Professor of Latin American, Latino, and Iberian Studies and Women, Gender, and Sexuality Studies. Dr. Mendez is the author of Chronicas Travistas, the transgressive journalism of Alfonsino Storni, Clarice Lispector, and Maria Morano, published recently by Beatrice Berterbo Editora. In this book, Dr. Mendez illuminates the ingenious and calculated transvestite strategies deployed in the journalism and cultural activity of Storni, Lispector, and Marino to expose and challenge the sexual gender norms of their times. Mariella, thank you for joining us today. So to start off our conversation, what inspired you to write this book? Well, thank you for having me, Lucretia. Um, so this is a book that uh, traces a genealogy between three women writers from Latin America, two of them Argentinian and one Brazilian. Um, so Alfonsina Storni is best known as um, one of the, the most iconic Latin American women poets. Um, but she also wrote for newspapers and magazines in the first decades of the 20th century, 1919 to 1921. Clarice Lispector is a Brazilian writer who's been hailed as the best Brazilian novelist of the 20th century, together with Joao Guimarães Rosa. Uh, but she also contributed to the press in Brazil during the 1950s and 1960s, and Maria Moreno, who's still alive, is one of um, the most uh, famous Latin American cronistas. Um, cronica is a genre that's akin to literary journalism or narrative journalism, um, as it's described um, in the U.S. Um, so I knew particularly of the work of Storni and Lispector, but I knew of Storni's work as a poet and Lispector's work as a fiction writer. So when I discovered, I came across references to their work as journalists, I was intrigued uh, to explore that corpus. And then um, I was really drawn to the women's pages that they both crafted. and so. The woman's page is, uh, the, is sometimes a page, sometimes it's a column, the section of a newspaper authored by a woman or a female persona targeting women explicitly and on so-called women's issues. So those are traditionally things like beauty treatments, food recipes, uh, advice for newlyweds, you know, information about how best to raise your children, um, etc. So I was really intrigued that they had both authored those spaces um, because I'd never known about that, um, partly because they um, used uh, pseudonyms or wrote as ghostwriters, so they didn't author those spaces with their real names, partly because they never uh, talked about themselves as journalists and they, they were not necessarily recognized as such in their own countries. So um, I was um, intrigued by, by those spaces because they are rigidly codified spaces in terms of gender, as you can imagine. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and both Storni and Lispector, in their poetry and their fiction respectively, have a very strong feminist agenda, um, to ele- to sometimes more, sometimes less explicitly. So I was really intrigued about that gesture. Why would they take on that, that space? Um, why would they do it with a pseudonym? What was going on there? And then when I started examining them, I, I found what I describe as a destabilizing gesture. Um, they destabilize those gender conventions or the, the heteronormative narrative that is shaping those spaces. So I, I was intrigued by that transgressive gesture. Um, and then um, Maria Moreno, um, I felt was um, what close, somehow closer trajectory uh, because I feel the spaces she crafted in the 80s in Argentina with the, uh, the last, during the last few years of the dictatorship and the first few years of democracy, democracy uh, returned in 1983 in Argentina, I felt that she was also being inspired by those other previous spaces, particularly Storni. And I also felt that the moments in which the three of them write um, are unique in, in the sense that they are like key social and historical junctures in those countries where there's um, uh, a progressivism and a modernizing impulse in the case of Argentina in the 20s, Brazil in the 50s, um, that um, might make us think that um, there are pro- progressive discourses surrounding women, but they aren't, uh, or at the very least, there's ambivalence there. Um, so I was intrigued by that. How is it that during those moments um, where there's such a modernizing impetus in those countries, where women are becoming active social agents, um, but there's this very conservative discourse around them precisely because they're new presence in the social arena, in the public space, is threatening. Um, at, during those moments, these writers take on that space, which is so rigidly codified in terms of gender, uh, under a pseudonym. Um, so what's going on there? Um, so yeah, that's what inspired me. Well, that's fascinating. Thanks so much for sharing. And it's interesting how you brought all three of them together. Yeah. Well, how can the University of Richmond community, as well as faculty and students beyond Richmond, use this book to expand conversations on queer theory and gender theory? Uh, Well, I think one of the main things is um, adding new names, adding these names onto the, um, the, the conversation around gender theories and queer theories. I feel that um, our discussions around queer theories and gender theories in the US are typically Anglo-centric and predominantly white. So I feel there's a need to add other voices. Um, In the book, I um, emphasize the fact that um, these uh, three women, in particular Stoney and Lispector during the first half of the 20th century, anticipated a lot of the theories that we read today, like Butler's theories on gender performativity, 
Marjorie Garber's groundbreaking work on transvestism and cross-dressing, Jack Halberstam's um, and Elizabeth Freeman's work on queer temporalities. I feel these women were already anticipating that. Um, uh, so I think that it's worth revisiting the past in that sense, reclaiming the past, and I think that can open up um, present discussions we have uh, around gender and gender theories and queer theories, around genders and sexualities. Um, I do think um, it's also important, I do hope the book invites um, scholars to reconsider uh, genres that are women-centered or women-focused uh, and that have been dismissed uh, as conservative like uh, telenovelas, soap operas, or women's magazines, or the women's page, or the advice column. And there are many scholars doing work on those, but I think there should be more, and I think um, there's something there um, that um, there's some sort of, uh, some kind of a disparaging attitude towards those genres, in large part because they are focused and centered on women, um, and I think there's a lot that's going on there that's really interesting and should be heeded because it's popular culture too. So it's what we consume uh, mm -hmm. um, and, and the narratives we, we are reading. And I think there's a lot, many times there's a lot of tension within those spaces between very, very conservative narratives, obviously, but also subversive gestures like the ones uh, undertaken by these women. Well, thank you, and I hope many scholars will build upon your work. Did the classes that you've taught at the University of Richmond inform this book in any way? They did, because a lot of the classes um, I teach uh, are focused on uh, queer theories and feminist theories, but I've also taught these women writers more than once. So um, it was interesting and illuminating for me to see how students would perceive these writings. Um, and in the, in the case of the women's pages, obviously how they would initially be dismissive of those spaces and would not consider them worthy of attention, except they were on the syllabus, so they knew they had to value them somehow, but they didn't know exactly how or why. So it was illuminating to hear them bring their preconceptions about those genres to the classroom and see them um, unpack what those spaces were doing. Um, so that, that was really enriching during the process of writing the book. Well, thank you. And our last question, how did library services support you in writing this book? Uh, well, I do most of my work, both for this book and, and the subsequent work, what I've been working on since the book was published. Um, I work with newspapers and magazines. I do periodical studies. So I would say that without the library, I wouldn't be able to do it because um, many of these, um, even though I do travel to Latin America to consult archives there, even though a lot of the collections, particularly in the case of Brazil, are digitized. So Brazil is a country that is really leading the way in Latin America when it comes to that. 
But even at that, there are still publications I cannot access, I cannot access in its entirety, or I literally cannot travel because, you know, we cannot always travel to do that research. So I've relied on, on my um, librarians to <laughs> on, on the help of the, the, the people at Boatwright Library to help me locate um, and then have access to those journals um, really in the comfort of my office or the library. So it's, I've had to rely on them, but not just to get them and work on them, but to be able to locate because the challenge when you do periodical studies is interpreting the catalog entries. And the catalog entries for newspapers and magazines barely, as you probably very well know, re hardly ever reflect exactly what numbers, what issues they have, you know. So without uh, your help, I many times I cannot even understand exactly what some library collections hold and whether or not it's what I'm looking for. So I, I've asked you all help in locating it or understanding exactly what there is and whether it's accessible or not, whether it's worth a trip there, whether it's worth you know borrowing them through interlibrary loan, or what's the best avenue to pursue to be able to work with those materials. Well, I'm glad we could be of assistance. Oh, yeah. <laughs> thank you. Well, thank you, Dr. Mendez, for your conversation. Chronicus Travestis, the transgressive journalism of Alfonsina Storni, Clarice Lispector, and Maria Moreno is available in Boatwright Library and the University Bookstore. Thank you for listening to Podcasts of Boatwright. Your host was Lucretia McCauley. Editing and production was performed by Andy Morton. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or visit us on the web at library.richmond.edu.